Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Jeff Van Dyke for Unpacking, a Zen puzzle game about unpacking someone's belongings throughout life as they move from place to place, starting in childhood and into adulthood through a couple different relationships and all kinds of amazing things. There's no dialogue in the game, it's just music pixel art, and some 14,000 sound effects that represent all of these objects that you can pick up and place down. And it is through the visuals and sound that you learn the story of this person whose belongings you're unpacking. It's absolutely brilliant. Jeff and his wife, Angela, are responsible for all of the sounds and unpacking, as well as the music. And Angela is a part of this conversation, too. So we had a lot to talk about. Uh, Jeff and Angela have been a part of the video game industry since the 90s, so we'll talk about how all that unfolded for them uh, that many years ago. Also, you'll hear us refer to sounds uh, as Foley, sound effects as Foley. That's how they're normally referred to in the audio world. Head to YouTube to catch a video of this conversation. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss out on all the latest videos and playlists that we post there. That's youtube.com slash levelwithemilyreese. Join us on Discord. It's free to join us there. We love talking about games and music. We share pictures of our cats and other things, other animals and the like. We do have a patron-only channel in Discord. In the patron-only channel, we talk about upcoming guests and other news. Uh, You'll find a link to our Discord in the show notes. And please do consider becoming a patron if you have the means. We definitely could use your support, and we'd love to have you be a part of making this show great. You can learn more about patron benefits at patreon.com slash level. Back to unpacking and Jeff and Angela. This uh, was one of those interviews that kind of organically just started, and then we were in it without me really saying, okay, let's start this interview now. So we kind of start off in the middle of things a little bit. Um, You know, the game being about unpacking belongings and putting them away. So, you know, you hang the shirts in the closet and you put the books on the shelf and the stereo in the entertainment console, whatever, you know, but Jeff here at the beginning of all of this is explaining to me how you can actually get an achievement if you put everything in the wrong place. Have you heard of the Dark Star? No. In the game? Okay, because you know how you get a star when you finish? Yes, yes. So you can also get a Dark Star. Okay, is that a bad thing? (laughs) No, no. well, it depends on whatever tickles your fancy. It's a defiant thing. Okay. um, Yeah, so basically what you do is put everything in the wrong place. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Put everything in the where where it's flashing. Make everything flash, and you get the dark Amazing. star. And okay. then and then what you should do is is put everything in the wrong place, and then do that on all the levels, and oh, wow. you, you you get a little a, a, a little surprise at the end. Okay. With, with the ending song. So, Good. Yeah. A little oh. Easter egg on on the music front. I don't think there's actually anything yeah. else. It's, it's, it's just more the, it's a musical Easter egg. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'll definitely do that. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I mean, and you, seri- you feel quite rebellious while doing it too. You're just oh, I believe it. a mess of every place. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So just full disclosure, my friend, this friend of mine and I went to a, there's a really great uh, place up in Northeast Minneapolis called Centro where you can get, you know, authentic tacos and stuff. And every once in a while, she's like, let's get a pitcher of margaritas. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, 
oh, this is always ends badly for all of us. Let's not do this. And so somehow we end up back here and we're playing Unpacking and she's playing oh, it for the first amazing. time. And she's like, I have to play this game. And yeah. so she, the first thing she tried to do was put the Simon game under the pillow. She's like, this is oh. where I always kept my Simon game. And of course it doesn't let you do that. And she was just, oh, wow. she was like pissed. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Who does that? I'm like, that's not I know. that's not normal. Like <laughs> that is not normal. No, that's not there normal. There are certain at all. things you can put under the pillow, but maybe it was too yeah. big. It, yeah. I think I think I that know. as far as gameplay goes, um, Ren and Tim who designed the game, what they the way they describe it is you're playing as this character, you're revealing this character by unpacking their things. And so you can have some personal preference of where you put things as long as it fits within the character's great personal yeah. preference. <laughs> yes. So that's where you meet your your limitation. Although I believe there is a mode where you can just yeah. put you can turn all that off and just put, yeah, put anything just put anywhere. Anything anywhere. Oh yeah. god, okay, um, I will have to tell her that's that. yet that's yeah. yet another setting, I think. Yeah. yeah. It okay. Is. Um, but it's a way of actually um keeping that narrative like why can't I put that there yes so then you start to think why can't I and and obviously maybe not in that instance but in other instances of why can't I put that there that tells you a little bit about the character or the person she's living with yes and or not living with anymore right yeah Yeah. you can't put the picture up on the bulletin board and I'm like why can't I put this pic and then I'm like oh well duh that's why I can't put the picture up on the bulletin board (laughs) yeah no it's brilliant it's brilliant yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But seriously, yeah. what just what a great concept. And, and uh, you know, all of the things in that game really do hit just all the right heartstrings in, in terms of it being Zen, but also all the audio, all the audio is absolutely fantastic. And I, I would love to, you know, let's let's dive into that because, sure. you know, obviously it, it's fairly well known now how many thousands of Foley sounds there are, 14,000-ish, and that's insane. But I also love your dedication to making those things sound real in the 3D, in the the pixel artness of it. So would Mm -hmm, you talk mm -hmm. about that decision and, and, uh, you know, yeah, let's start, let's start there. Definitely Jeff. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I remember when, uh, looking at the game in, uh, in its sort of early prototype form and looking at the pixel art, I did consider that, you know, okay, well, well, we've already decided we're going to do chip tunes music. And I thought um, maybe we should do chip sound effects, you know, like use, using the, the, the square wave and the noise generator and, and make that, in, you know, do it that way. And it, it could have been kind of cool, you yeah. know, to do it that way. Uh, yep. And I, in fact, in my GDC talk, I kind of give an example of what that could have sounded like. But then it sort of dawned on me that wouldn't it be interesting if, if, the, because the, there was sort of a lack of detail in the art because of the pixel art is is sort of impressionistic, right? And so there's where our, our minds are filling in some of the detail that's missing, and that's that's what makes pixel art charming, right? But wouldn't it be interesting if the audio had no limitations and that it was as beyond detailed? You know what I mean? To to the point where it was like excessively detailed, like heavily handed, right? I thought that would be a really neat juxtaposition, you know, between those that those two things. And and as soon as we put in our first pass of some some placeholder sounds, 
it felt really nice. And then, and it was when I realized that, oh, but everything has to make a different sound depending on the surface, which makes sense. I just didn't know to what degree. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, 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 but what I realized is having that difference was incredibly satisfying just on a fundamental level because things sounded as they should. And, and, I think what's happened because of unpacking is people have become aware of the concept of Foley when they were never really aware of it before. Yeah. Um, and that's because most games, they have, you know, equally detailed, a lot of, I'm sure there's other games that have 14,000 Foley files in them, like footsteps sure. and, and clothing movement and different footstep surfaces and all this sort of stuff. But it's buried under this layer of gunshots and voices and music and yeah. mayhem. You know what I mean? And yep. and so <clears throat> unpacking just the way the nature of the game has all this audible space for people to Enjoy really ex well, experience it and, and notice the subtle difference. You know, it's like, oh, wait, that sounds exactly the way it's supposed to. And it's like far yep. out. You know, they yeah, that was that was sort of the thought process in, you know, choosing to go that direction. Mm -hmm. And I would say <clears throat> psychologically. I, I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. But when Jeff said that, when we look at pixel art, our minds fill in the detail. But I think that that really natural sound also filled in that detail. It made mm. these things feel really real. Yeah. Gave them actual, con almost contact. Like, um, And so it, it made the whole environment really uh, organic. And mm -hmm. and that's, that's what I think... Um, that's where the dedication came in. That's what <laughs> we were chasing in the end mm. uh, yeah. was was that really organic and natural variance sort of thing. Right. So, you know, a, a standard object and, you know, it makes sense. I loved how you break it down. And I don't mean to keep bringing up this talk. Everyone should definitely watch this talk if they want to know more about <laughs> the sound in the game. But um, I, I found it really fascinating how, you know, you kind of could generalize certain objects, right? Like yep. light, metal or whatever, you know, an object yes. that doesn't weigh very much but is metal or a medium weight yeah. object that's metal or something. Yep. And you mm -hmm. could kind of you know, make those share some sounds and then yes. some some objects had more special sounds added to them and, and whatnot. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We had like, we, we had the generic objects, which you're describing there, and we had the, yeah. the hero objects, as we called them. Yeah. And the, the, and the reason why we did the, the generic stuff was to save our minds and not go insane. Right. Uh, and that was <laughs> because, uh, <clears throat> you know, my initial... Yeah declaration was we will record absolutely everything yeah. on every surface <laughs> on every surface <laughs> every and you know and i decreed place. it put it on the wall we're right. doing this and then yeah. Anne went uh she did the calculations and she said jeff i mean are you kidding me like that's going to be seventy-five thousand we'll files this game in a you know years. and uh, do you think so, i don't mean to interrupt but do you think jeff <laughs> that you would have continued on with that plan unless she had done the calculations and been like yo you cannot <clears throat> You or cannot. being willing to to <laughs> pick up the and do actually do I, the folly. Right, right. I, yeah. I I'd know. like to think that I would have come to my senses, <laughs> but uh, more often than not, Ange saves me in those yeah. situations. So uh, yeah, I think I think she uh, talked a lot of common sense in that, and uh, and you know, and obviously we did some tests, and and sure, sure enough, I think we're, I think I think what really saved us there is because we were recording a lot of variations of the same thing. In other mm -hmm. words. When we did light metal, we recorded at least 10, vari 10 variants of it. 
And there's these subtle differences between the 10 variations. Yes. And when when that when those 10 variants are representing possibly, you know, 20 different items, those those little variants are enough to trick us into thinking mm-hmm. that there's a unique sound for each one of them. Sure. You know? So yeah. <laughs> and I that's think incredible. Further to that, we did have the generics. And by when we say we had generics, I mean we had a lot. You know, for example, glass, there was glass extra light, glass light, glass medium, glass heavy, glass extra heavy. So there's five generics for, for glassware. Um, right. Then we had items that were completely unique. They had to be recorded on every surface, like cutlery. You can't get away oh. with not recording that on every surface. But then we had these other items which have uh, a generic component and have a unique component. And then we, when we discovered that we could combine those two, use the generics recorded on every surface and the unique component just just recorded with its 10 variations once and we actually triggered both those sounds together. So, for example, the piggy bank or the yes. hot water bottle or the there's a whole lot of them, supplement bottle. <laughs> we added a sweetener. It's, it's a sweetener. And and mm. so that also allowed us to to really bring down the number yeah. of, Things of we actual had to files we had to record. Yeah. That, that when, when, when I came on board and we realised that this thing was just going growing astronomically, mm-hmm. when Jeff asked me to do it, my whole thought was about process. It was just about... Like, yes, don't get me wrong, I wanted it to sound good, but it was also about how are we actually going to do this mm. and yep. and what are all the different things we can employ to bring the number down but still make it sound really varied. Yeah. And then in the actual recording and the actual processing and editing and implementing, Jeff came up with all, all the tricks, and especially in the implementing phase, but we, we employed so many different things that were batched driven that like for example we didn't name 14,000 files we had this process for naming files that would just go and you just watch this magic process happen and those sorts of things were what I was really focused on and 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 just keeping the data from becoming chaotic and really really organized Um, Uh, all those years of managing spreadsheets in play by play yeah and and folders (laughs) and and and, uh, folder structures you know file structures so in the end that was really where where my focus was, and then um, just sort of making those systems work in, to our advantage, so that yes. we could really have a lot of uh, maneuverability with yeah. with the sound. So um, there was a in the end, uh, Jeff can talk to you about the spreadsheet that we had, but um, it wasn't like as as you recorded everything. It was like okay, that is definitely going to be the sound that we use for that item. Sometimes you would put things in game and be like, "That's not working. That actually doesn't sound right." And so, rather than just tottering off and recording yet another <laughs> few hundred <laughs> files, you might play around with what you've got. And so we had this spreadsheet that we could allocate things, and it would change it in real time. And Wow. Um, and you could just play it, it straight back and and see how that w- was working in the game, and that that gave me a lot of autonomy. Um, I didn't have to keep bothering Jeff, and Jeff didn't have to keep bothering the the, the lead programmer. And, and so, any time as well that someone asked for a bazillion changes, or you, you kind of get a list of things that 
this isn't sounding right to other people. Yeah. It wasn't like this, I'm going to pull my hair out situation. It was like, right. oh, well, I'll just play around with <laughs> what we've got <laughs> until everyone's happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's amazing, and and when I saw too that that you put everything in one session, which you know make makes sense, but I mean when I it's edit, also a bit it's a bit crazy in a it's, way. It's too, it's, isn't it's it? insane because when I edit this podcast, the mm-hmm. very first thing I do is I edit the audio that I use for the video, and then mm-hmm. I start over. Like <laughs> I am not gonna <laughs> because you know I'll take out every time I cough or clear my throat or whatever. So there's all these gaps in my audio, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I try to remember that that's the case after wherever I'm editing, you know, I just, I'll mess it up. I will mess it up at some point, Mm -hmm. you know? So if I start moving stuff around, that's when I start messing stuff up and shifting entire tracks or something, you know? So I mean, it just, that's incredible. Yeah, The the Reaper file was, (laughs) yeah, that was insane. The Reaper file was insane. And I mean, I actually think it's, has a strange beauty. Like it does. I, I, no, I uh, 100% I going agree in with there you. And, and just starting at that zoomed out view yeah. where it almost just looks like some lines. Yeah. And you start to realize as you come in and in and in and in and in and in yeah. that there's 14,000. Incredible. <laughs> um, but they're, and they're all delineated with these regions. And I just love, I just love going in there because you can just say, you know, you can you can just sort of move around that. It gave us this ability to move yep. around that data really easily. Well, that um, was that was the main searchable and well, yep. the, the, to reference each other, you could listen to this this object versus this object, and you didn't have to switch to a different file to right. get to do that. It was all about yeah. immediate comparison, to, so we could make sure everything was balanced correctly, sounding like sure. they're in the same universe, so to speak. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. Also. Yeah. Because it's all there, it, it was easier for all the batch processes as well. Yeah, right? For naming and for naming and rendering and yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, it, yeah, we could have had multiple reaper files and categorized things, and and probably the batches would have probably still worked. But I I don't know, just I do like having everything in one place. That's just mm-hmm. sort of how my mind works with stuff. I I do it with other sound design as well. Like if I'm working on a game, I'll have a, a file called uh, a reaper file called UI sound effects and all of the sound UI wow. sounds are in this one reaper file because okay. I want to know how they all sound in relation to each other. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. and that's, that's, that's yep. what I, I don't do that with music though. I don't, I don't try and have, uh, <laughs> I, I, I delineate that by song. You know? There are people because I was just having this conversation with another composer and he was telling me mm-hmm. about, uh, the composer Will Roger, and that's what mm-hmm. Will does. He'll put he'll do like Call of Duty or like Mortal Kombat, huge AAA yeah. game, and put it all in yeah. one session. And I'm like, how long one does that take session. to open? Like, I don't even know. Far I don't out. think my 2013 Mac could open yeah. that session. <laughs> like, it would just crash but immediately. I get it. I get it. I mean, I remember <laughs> I I actually did a music in a movie, a small movie once, and that was actually how I approached it to, to compose a, wow. against the whole movie. Uh, and I, I didn't. I thought it was okay to do it that way up until every time I tried to render the file out. Uh, I was using Cubase at the time. It would crash. It would crash while rendering. So yeah. I, had to, uh, I had to cut it it's all like, up in I the can't. end. Anyways, my CPU, I can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's okay, can we talk about the music for a while? Because I mean, and sure. we'll we'll come back to sound and stuff. Um, mm. 
And I, I just, the soundtrack is so wonderful for so many reasons. So, you know, talk about conceptually, um, you know, where you decided to start and, and just some of the musical mm-hmm. decisions you made right off the bat with, with the game. Yeah. After talking with uh, Ren and Tim, you know, they, we kind of pretty quickly went down the, the decision to have chiptunes style genre, but also have acoustic guitar in there. Uh, and that was decided right from the get-go. Um, and the reasoning was, for, and the way I sort of justified it all or aligned it, is that the, the chiptunes represented the, the pixel art and the acoustic guitar represented the main character of the mm-hmm. game. And, and acoustic guitar has that real folky, sincere, homey feeling to it. It's really, uh, really organic. And um, you can um, sort of push people's emotional buttons with it, I find. you know, uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, the piano does that as well. But the acoustic guitar, there's just something about it. And so that was how we sort of decided to start. And that's where we've decided to start. And, and the theme song to Unpacking was the, the first thing that I tried to write using this, this setup. And oh, wow. it, it was strange. It was one of those songs that, kind of uh i started writing it and it was more or less done in like three hours and that's incredible which it was like really short amount of time and this fairly cohesive song came and it it actually if you listen to that song it kind of plays and it it feels like it sort of jumps off a cliff at the end because it it, it, (laughs) yeah it it does it it sort of ends but it also kind of asks a question at the end and i i think i was thinking that i might put an ending on the song and then it's sort of organically let i left it like that and i just got used to hearing it like that and then i went okay actually yeah that's the ending forward on the music i realized that the music had to evolve and kind of tie in with the personal journey of the main character Mm -hmm. and this character ends up having other characters in her life and so i decided that the i would add new instruments to the music that would represent these new characters coming into her life and at one point well, there's a partner that she moves in with and the electric guitar enters the the, the sound. And it's actually kind of funky electric guitar and that song's called Infatuation. when she moves in with her first partner to kind of support the narrative there that she's infatuated with this guy. But then in the next level, there's electric guitar, but it's in a definitely a different mood now. And actually, uh, I, I sort of broke the rules a little bit and, and I made some of the synth 
some of the chiptune synth represent the main character. And there's this sort of question answer melody that happens in the song. Um, what did I what did I call it? Um, oh, uh, uh, not after the one after in. Go, um, Is it my own way? No, uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm drawing a blank on it. No, that's OK. <laughs> I can't even remember my own music. Is it the one um, I've got the soundtrack right here? Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's the one after infatuation. Oh, um, pretentious. The one that's in seven? No, no. no. Okay, so that one, <laughs> uh, that's another story. It's not pretentious. That, we'll talk the about that. that. Yeah, okay. The one, the one after Lost that. and found. Yeah, lost, lost and found. Lost and found. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, yep. so no that problem. one is the one that has the, the <laughs> there's this <laughs> melodic interplay that happens. And really what it is, is, is it's the, it's them having an argument. back and forth and uh it starts it starts in one mood but actually they they start to play together and they start harmonizing and my yes. my thinking this this is what's going on in my head is that it's uh, it was an argument but they they've come to a resolve it and they've they you know at the end of the day they've 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 realized they're not right for each other but uh will remain friends like it's a, a mm. harmonious ending right and and that's mm. the way it ends Nice, kind of going through the journey of their little relationship uh, yeah. in that song, you know. And to have a discussion, a musical discussion rather than dialogue in the yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And and I love in that track too. There's a couple of hints between major and minor, right? You throw in a major yeah, yeah. third every once in a while, yeah. and you're like, oh, yes, there's yes, sunshine, yeah. but then it kind of turns yes. melancholy again. That's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I loved that yeah. in that track. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so the, the now we we mentioned uh well we mentioned pre pretentious. pretentious so yeah that so, just made me so, laugh so hard that it's in seven uh, and it's called <laughs> pretentious. Yeah. I got the biggest kick out of that. Oh uh, that's good. I'm glad yeah. somebody got the joke because um <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah.
basically on the soundtrack there's like the longer songs which were the the background tracks for yeah. each of the levels but in in between each of them is this short little song which was the uh the song from the radio that you could play in that level every level has some sort of music player and and that evolves over time initially it's a cassette deck and then yeah. uh, i i think actually pretentious you play on a on a on a record player um <laughs> Actually, there's a there's a another subtle bit of humor in there is that there's actually two music players in that level, oh, and really? you can okay. play pretentious. You play that song both. It's a both on vinyl and on the CD player. He's bought <laughs> he's bought the same album, okay. both on album course, and yeah. on CD. Right? Because he's just a huge fan of these guys. Oh, I love. But that. the point of uh, those songs, those shorter songs, yeah. was to represent the music that the main character was into. At that time, right? So yeah. uh, in the very first level on the cassette deck, she plays something that sounds a little bit like aqua, right? That was yeah. what I was going yeah. for. I like water is, is aqua. level she's discovered kind of a bit more folkier music she's kind of left her techno pop behind her she gets into folky stuff <laughs> so the 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 song pretentious is actually not so much her song but it's her partner's song yeah. that 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 he likes listening to because <laughs> he's into he likes his prog rock and know? yeah right apartment <laughs> and and uh, yep. and jeff yeah. calls him that the most hated boyfriend on the internet yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yep. a lot of people hate him <laughs> yeah seriously yeah, yeah. when i did figure out that you couldn't put that picture on the bulletin board i was like good mm. you just mm, mm, you deserve mm. to be stuffed in a drawer or whatever yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let's talk about the implementation of the music because there's no looping, right? Like a track will play and the whole track will play. And then there'll just be for sometimes gaps of silence and then music will yep. come back. So talk about the decision yep. to implement in that way. Yeah. And like that, that's just a personal preference of mine. I re I don't really like looping music. I like, I find after a while, it's just like, it's relentless. Yes. And mm -hmm. I, yeah. I like giving people a break. And, you know, and in an ideal world, I would have maybe tried to write more songs per level, uh, but time didn't allow that. So what I yeah. just thought I would do is is let the song play, let it finish, let it stop and be silent and let the, the player enjoy just the sound of the ambience. And, you know, because you might not you might not hear the subtle ambient stuff that's going on yeah. otherwise. So yeah. give them a chance to hear that. And and then start the song again, you know, and, you know, maybe in another ideal world, I would have made the music uh, somewhat uh, algorithmic and maybe change a little bit each repeat or something. 
again, I, I didn't end up having the time to do that. So, but this seemed like a, a, a good thing. And if 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 people have listened to other games that that I've been in charge of the audio, that this is a reoccurring theme with my music, or at least my implementation, is that I like giving people a break from the music, and I typically put in at least a minute or two of no music, uh, you know, wherever possible. And that's just just the way I, I like having things in in games because I personally I just uh, I don't like it when I'm not given a break, you know, unless it's a unless it's a game where, you know, like it wouldn't be appropriate in like a racing game or, a, you know what I mean? Or in Cactus, this other game I worked on, Cactus, um, it loops in there as well. And it's unrelenting, but it, the game is unrelenting. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, and also you did so much work. Like you said, there's so much subtlety in the environmental ambience and it, like the Foley, is about creating a, a reality to these physical spaces, to these mm. rooms. Kind of tells a bit of a story, and, actually, um, itself, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And the, Je Jeff puts so much subtlety in there. Sometimes we get, you know, the occasional message from someone saying, I was just playing this level and I heard the neighbour walk overhead, like the floorboards <laughs> oh. overhead. Or, wow. um, you know, I heard they must live near a train station. I heard a train or I heard a plane yep. or um, the neighbor's sprinkler. And all of that, I think you 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 put so much uh, detail and experience actually in knowing how to place it, where to place it. I, I'd just like to say that Jeff's many, many years in games brought to this game a real sensibility that, you know, if you were young and enthusiastic, you might have just jammed too much in there and wanted to have everything going on all at yeah, once. Yeah. And I, and I think mm. that Jeff's um, sort of, sort of um, how to, how to lay that back in on every layer of the audio um, is, is sort of testament to his many, many years of experience <laughs> all sort of coming to this. I think you're saying I'm old. <laughs> we're, we're old, honey. We're old. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, between us, we're over 100. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah, um, and yeah, and of course, your 14,000 sounds, it includes all of that ambience too, right? I mean, the footsteps it, overhead or things like that. It yeah. does. Well, the, the environmental ambience and all the positional audio, <laughs> um, Jeff Jeff handled all of that. And that in itself has, that. that's not actually the 14 that's 000. not part of the 14 oh, that's different <laughs> okay okay wow and, and that's amazing yeah like, like that's what i'm saying it's yet another layer to to bringing that that whole organic thing to yeah. to that organic ambience that really makes this space that's really just a drawing yeah feel real mm -hmm. feels like i've got neighbors mm -hmm. feels yeah. like I, I can hear someone calling out to dad and um Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to actually take you off the music thing, but <laughs> when you were saying that, oh, you okay. were leaving space Fine for that, me. I just wanted to <laughs> to sort yeah. of um, to talk. You know. Yeah. Well, I think too, though, that the space thing also applies to the music because the music, you know, there's uh, some of the tracks have like this really um, free feel to them, whether it's through you know, kind of quote unquote abnormal phrase lengths or you know, maybe some added beats and some bars here and there just to kind of stretch things out and give it this really like um, organic feel to to the mm -hmm. to the melodies too. So so space 
I think is is important in in many aspects of your work in this game. I, I agree. I agree. And I mean, like, because, uh, yeah, I try not to make things too busy, which makes it fairly easy to listen to in the background. You know, uh, there was a look, there's a few spots where I added melody, which, you know, I would say, you know, oh, I wonder if that's going to get grating over time. You know, that's always my concern mm, when I'm writing mm-hmm. music. And uh, what yeah. I find is if you if you write music, that's like a texture you can listen to it for hours because it's just, you know what I mean? Nothing pops out. It's just oh, yeah. tones evolving and stuff. And I've done stuff like that for other games, like maybe Hand of Fate and what have you. But And the temptation was to do that here too. But then there's also, a, it also becomes a bit less memorable then, you know, because it's the melodies that, that you, you, you yeah. connect with. So I was like, okay, well, let's have a melody, but try and have as much space as possible. Uh, around it and still be musical, I guess, to a degree. Just the many times where you'll have two lines just kind of play together, um, mm. sometimes just completely disparate instruments like the guitar and the synth play separately, but then they join and they do just like every once in a while they'll harmonize together and mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. that interplay, it's really sweet and endearing. music also just came from being inspired by the game and by the story and and by Tim and Ren. Uh, I mean, like, the game came from them falling in love and yeah. Tim moving in with Ren. And that, and it was literally, Ren was helping Tim unpack boxes and they none of the boxes were labeled and there's random <laughs> stuff in each box. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And and she went this and finding places to put stuff felt like Tetris. Yeah. (laughs) And the random stuff. And she said, This feels like a game. And they and they just started jamming on the idea. And so that and I I love how the whole game has come out of such an organic thing as a couple people falling in love. Yeah. And and then it's something really organic and but also like moving. All of us have had do it, you know? Yes. Like We've yep. all done it and we all have our own stories and they're fundamental. Moving is like we measure our lives by each move. You know what yes. I mean? Oh yeah. Like that they are they are our, our the bookmarks in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's when I lived here and that's when I lived here. And obviously there's always a move at the beginning and end of each <laughs> one. Yeah. So so you know, it's it's no wonder it not only was it inspiring for us to build this game, but but it's inspiring people playing it and they getting this intense connection with it you know so yeah yeah. a lot of people say that it really resonates with makes them very either sentimental um Mm. if they're a particular age 
uh, particularly mm-hmm. so some of the items and things. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the GameCube. But also yeah. the, the whole concept of um, particularly, say, the items that carry forward, the items that she keeps. Yes. It, yes. it really taps into people's own experience. And and so they're, they're layering their experience on playing the game. And so it's, it sort of doubles its emotional bang, I guess. Friends for Life, another track that I love. It's already become kind of like my summer jam in a way. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah. it's so perfect for this time of year where I am. And, um, uh, and I, I just absolutely love the mood changes in, in, well, all of the tracks really, but, um, mm-hmm. but in this track in particular, when the arpeggiated synth comes in, I just love that change. Um, yeah, so yeah. tell me a little bit about that track, if you would. Well, Friends for Life, like, I, I, I guess with each of these songs, like I knew the 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 context of what our character was doing. So she's okay. moving in with her first set of roommates after having lived by herself in some university dorm or something. Yeah. And these are her besties, you know, her best friends. She's they moved in together and they're all very compatible because they're all into similar things. You know, they're into <laughs> playing board games and playing video games and Yet they all, all of her friends have slightly different interests. So you see some different things in the house. And I just thought about like a similar experience that I had where I moved in with my roommates earlier in life. And you do become these lifelong friends with those people, you know, yeah. and I'm sure we all have had that experience where, you know, you just the, the, the type of friendship that you have with these people, you will you have for life. So I was in, that was the headspace I put myself in. And then for some reason, like, I just thought of a song that, I guess I had a vision of these girls moving in together and having fun and, you know, moving and, 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 uh, but maybe they would start dancing around and, you know, doing the conga or something. I don't know what I was thinking in my head, like some, just some, something fun and goofy and, you know, uh, youthful. I also wanted it to have a feeling of of 
sitting in the backyard with friends uh, at a barbecue and it's chilled and it's and it's relaxing. You have your arm around your buddy or you know what I mean? And and because the song kind of goes through a couple of different moods like that. It's like it's fun and, and, and poppy, but it's also a bit sentimental, I think is the word I was looking for. Yeah. So that was sort of the, the thinking behind it. Yeah. With regards to, you know, all the objects, I know that you really tried to stay quite literal with if you're picking up a cup, you wanted to actually have a mm-hmm. cup or something yeah. like that. But what were some of the unusual things that just didn't work and you're like, we need to use something else here? Can you, mm-hmm. I mean, there must have been examples. I I can tell you, uh, I'm going to have trouble referencing it back unless Jeff boots up the spreadsheet right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mm-hmm. But one of the generic items that I recorded that, to my surprise, at the end of the day, when if you sorted the spreadsheet by by allocated audio IDs, which was um, separate to the actual game item, that we used a lot was what I called device light. And device light uh, was originally made for small things like pieces of hardware, like you know, game controllers or yeah. um, that sort okay. of thing. Okay. Or even a, a small handheld gaming device. But what ended up happening was it was really, really suitable for all of those things that just fell between all the cracks of defying what what they are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. it, it, you know, it literally gets used sometimes for, um, say, a personal grooming product. Uh, in a bathroom or something in a kitchen or something from the, from the office, this particular sound really got utilised. Well, it was one of the things, though, that we were looking for the sound and reality didn't sound right. Yeah. And so we went, oh, let's let's mimic what we hear in our heads. I'm just trying to remember. I feel like there was one that we did. Should have like this. Yeah, well, yeah. We should have thought about that <laughs> I earlier. Well, I should have, you know, them. sent um, you my yeah. questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I do know one thing. While 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 you're trying to remember that one thing, one thing uh, I do know is that we did have to, get, have to get creative with the surfaces themselves. So I w- I did go to the hardware store and buy a small piece of bench top so that we could place things on oh. bench top <laughs> sure. and, and we used uh we used a cupboard drawer turned, turned upside, upside down, down and that was the sound of shelf. Uh, that was shelf and oh, then yeah. we used we <laughs> used for putting stuff on a sink or, or things that sounded yeah, we sink used a cookie tray, we used like a cookie a, like tray uh, oh, turned upside down as well and so, it was all to do with how we sort of padded and muffled them. Yeah, well, they were they know, were like um, they okay. were all padded so that um, you fo- could focus the yeah. the sound was definitely the yeah. the surface you're putting it on, not the surface that the, our fake surface was sitting on. Because you know you can't actually just go to the ground and record this on tile because we needed to be in a controlled space, so we still sure. had to bring it into. To a a recorded but we we did room. we did have a tile though so, so like we we could, had, yeah we yeah used certain tile. things you could because um, yeah. it, it wasn't too hard <laughs> and then 
Linoleum was the trickiest because, oh, you know, yeah. a linoleum floor, and, and there's so many different kinds of linoleum actually, and whether it's yes. padded or not. And it sort of has that sound to me yeah. anyway. It's like <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I, in the end, went and bought, it's hilarious. I went and bought a, a you know, like a placemat for a table. Okay. But it um the one that I found that I liked the sound of the most was shaped in this big green monsteria leaf. It was actually <laughs> cut out in this shape. <laughs> and so that's that was linoleum. And in fact I have to say that was probably your least favorite surface. It was the surface we had oh, a lot of funny. trouble with recording Getting because it. Right. Um, yeah it's a weird one. Yeah. You get that sound yeah. you actually have a lot of contact and, and it sort of ends mm-hmm. up being a little bit almost like boomy or mm-hmm. um we did probably struggle with that surface the most, which is hilarious mm. because you would think it would have been one of the really resonant, like, you know, um, sink or something, yeah, uh, yeah. something metallic. But the problem with surfaces like metallic was we needed all of these sounds to be incredibly short because you don't want like, you right. don't want really long sounds with long tail, like, because you, you want when people pick things up and put them down, you want the sound to happen so that there's no latency and it feels. Sorry. Yeah, and well, I'll, I was just going to add to that: the animation of something getting picked up yeah. happens in one frame. Yeah. It's like not picked up, it just picked happens. up. Like, so, yeah, so you just... can't have a, you know, <laughs> so anything, it up. a lot yeah. of the sounds actually have like a ringing, you know, like a, a they do have that sort of long tail Reverb which we have to sort of yeah. cut mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. just because metal glass on a hard surface but funnily enough still linoleum was the trick was tricky it was tricky Mm. um i can think of some things um the old you know computer and computer monitor and things like that things that were really heavy we sort of had to you know when you actually really record something like that it is it's actually not that big of a sound because it's all just bottom end really like uh, and and so we sort of had to find something in the range of weight that would give that sense of I'm putting down something heavy, mm-hmm. but actually didn't sound because we, we did try recording, taking a, a, a computer and <laughs> putting it down and it didn't sound correct. Sure. And we used a um, food processor. In I think end. we did just, yeah. we used the base of our food <laughs> yeah. processor because it's small and very, yeah. very heavy. Yeah. But heavy. But yeah. It, but yeah, yeah. Um, it just gave that nice smaller sound like, yep. um, just uh, sorry. When I say small, I mean compact. Like mm. yes, yes. Neat. Short, shorter. Yeah, yeah. So that's an example. And then, then there were some very tricky things that I thought were going to be so difficult to record, but were so satisfying. And they were simple in the end. And and I just loved them. Like the um, you know, those rubber suction mats. Yeah. Put into a bathtub. A bathtub. Yes. Yes. Um, when I was dreading recording that, I was thinking, <laughs> this is just going to be the hardest thing ever. And the hardest thing actually was the performance of that, like, because every single item had to be performed. And it was sort of like a workout because yeah, you had to sort sure. of have everything in position with where the microphone is, where the contact point is. Um, so anything big, you know, you can't just bang it down. It's sort of, right. it has to land just so. And quite often when you put things down carefully, you get that dum dum Yes, yes. And no, we just needed the dum. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally you will find a couple of dum-dums in there if they're, if they're quick. Yeah. Te- technical <laughs> speed. This is my technical speed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there, I think the, the rubber mat, uh, 
So every time I wanted to record it on a, especially on a hard surface, mm-hmm. I had to push down all the little suction caps. Yeah. <laughs> and and it wasn't like I could just, you know, rip through the recording, like, because you had to keep pushing them down, getting them all ready. <laughs> and then when you do it, if you didn't get it right, you know. But in yeah. the end, I was really delighted with how that turned out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one's satisfying. Yeah. It was quite satisfying. helpful to remember this is something I never thought of uh you're not just setting it down but you're picking it up too which are two totally different sounds in most cases right yeah yeah Yeah. and and that's an interesting one too because like you'll notice like if you pick up something in reality I just picked up my phone completely silently yeah uh but if if we had phones in the game uh, there would be a a pickup sound yes and it's there and I mean yeah I if I pick it picked up the phone lazily and dragged it then it makes a sound obviously so the pickup sounds are there uh, also as a as a ui sound as a you sure. know, an indicator an indicator it's positive feedback that you've done the thing you want yeah. to do sure. so yeah it's fun because but, but having said that they they are actually the sound of the item but it's performed sort of if i exaggerate. use my unpacking mug yeah um, yeah if you've <laughs> placed it down yeah. when we when we pick it up there's like a little Swish. A little scrape yeah. or drag or something. Yeah. 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 Unless it's an item that has its own very unique, it's going to rattle or, yeah. you know. Oh, sure. Pachinical. Yeah, like the pencil cup yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or the mm-hmm. piggy bank or, or whatnot. Mm. But possibly to, to make everything natural as well, we did record the places and the pickups in every single recording. So, you, you know, put down a place, pick up place pick up okay so you do that and in hindsight like because we used dynamic split in reaper okay to sort of do a first pass for editing you know so that everything's already found and put into its nice little individual items but those pickup sounds that did make that a little bit difficult sometimes on quite items because of a dynamic split would easily find the place sound the loud transient, sure. But the pickup sounds were would you yeah. know? It so would you had cut to find, maybe. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes yeah. you sort yeah. of had to find that that middle ground and and uh, or do a bit of manual. Um, everything got topped and tailed manually in the end, oh, because like we yeah. were saying, every mm. every sound had to be short and responsive and responsive and yeah. and I think then you had you not only did you have to manually touch every one. But listen to it to make sure that that's not going to sound, you know, there's no little click on the end or. Yeah. Um, or it actually still sounds like the item, you know, because you, yeah. when you start to shorten things, it can sort of suddenly not, not sound like, they take away its defining characteristic even.
singer on the on the soundtrack? There's a few. Okay, there are more. Okay, because one is one Ren. Does Ren sing? Ren Ren sings the okay. credit song at okay, the end. Okay, so yeah, she does have a very life. lovely voice. Oh, she does. The moving truck pulls up. There's a knock on the door. Now all your stuff is here in boxes on the floor. You open up a box. There is so much to do. I open up my heart. This is now a home for two. But then who sings on? Yeah, so who sings on It's Not You? Uh, that's my daughter, Ella. this song and actually at one point I was going to sing it but but uh didn't know it made sense that it was her because we were kind of going for a uh an Avril Lavigne kind of vibe <laughs> with that song so but that was her and then um there's a song called yeah nah and that's that's me that's yours truly, okay <laughs> uh, doing okay. that sort of nice a, yeah I wondered punky thing whatever that was <laughs> it was a lot of fun actually <laughs> And then there's some really lovely like remixes and stuff on the on the soundtrack album that I really enjoyed, particularly with Sunset. There's just yep. so many. Uh, there's a handful of versions of it, and there is. Um, and and I just again just love this track for again its mm. mood changes and how sometimes I think it's fair to say that the mark of a good piece of music is that you can play it on whatever you want. Like, you know, like Bach, mm -hmm. it sounds good on a trumpet or on a harpsichord, right? Or on a yeah, right, right. guitar or a banjo or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And and that's what I love about Sunset too, because then at the uh, end of the soundtrack, you have this, this beautiful piano version. So, so yeah. talk a little bit about that. The piano version is very dear to my heart because mm. the and so the one it's it's called Sunset My Little Waltz. Yeah. So My Little Waltz was a song that my dad wrote and oh. it's it, the the very first part of that song uh he wrote and he used to play that to me when I was a kid. I didn't know what it was called and I just knew he would play it and, and I always loved the sound of it and uh, when it came to writing this song for the final level 
I just thought, oh, it'd be nice to pull that out and use that song and share it with people in a way because, you know, it was only the song that I don't know if anybody would have ever heard. I can't, I don't know if my dad ever played it to anybody else. And actually, I remember he sent uh, me the sheet music to it to give to my daughter, Ella, to play. I, I, I have it somewhere. Um, but anyways, I, I decided to put it in this game. And then I thought, because it, it, it's like the, the, the last level of the game, it, it, the song needed to be fairly long. And I, I wanted it to go through a bunch of different moods and feel like you've gone on this big journey, you know, and and riding off into the sunset at, at the end, you know. That was sort of what I was, was thinking. And then in the end, uh, I think because that level is so long, I decided to make a remix of it that would play. So when you're when you're playing the game, it'll play one version, and then after that that two minutes of silence we we're talking about earlier, then it'll play the remix version of it, and then two minutes of silence and play the other one. called My Little Waltz, that one isn't in the game itself. It's only on the soundtrack. And the reason why that is, is that thing we're talking about, things being too busy, yeah. being a bit irritating. And I, I found after I put in that, so that was the original version of the song, the one called My Little Sunset, My Little Waltz. That was originally in the game, but I decided to to simplify it and and make it uh, just just simpler sounding, I guess, mm -hmm. a le less busy. And that's the version, uh, the one that's just called Sunset. That's the one that's actually in the game. And then uh, yeah. there's, yeah, so, there, and then, like I said, there's a little remix version as well. And yeah, so there's, that's why there's three versions of that song. The one with My Little Waltz, that was the original version, and I and okay. I really wanted to release that and have that out because uh, it's got that moment that uh, yep. that my dad wrote in there. You know, oh, so, I love it. I'm so uh, glad you did put it on there. Tri yeah. Tribute to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know how deeply you want to go into Elvis, but uh, Jeff's Jeff's dad. You know, why don't you tell a little bit about your? Oh yeah. Well, my my dad used to work for Roland. Oh, cool. Okay. He used to be like uh, one of their sort of product designers and design new technology for them and he he in, invented his own musical sequencer in di uh, a digital sequencer in the early 70s oh, and wow. he ended up selling his design to Roland and they their first sequencer called 
the microcomposer was based off of his design, which oh, is cool. so. Uh, my dad was very musical himself, and, and but not only was he musical, but he was an electronics Technical, engineer, yeah. and and yep. also uh, uh, he became a programmer as well. So yeah, he was uh, had a very interesting career himself, and is is worthy of a, his own his own show. I would say, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he through him I, I got to meet all sorts of really interesting people uh, that sure. he worked with. So he used to work with like Toto and Michael Jackson and all <laughs> these crazy hugely um wow. successful and uh interesting people and uh yeah so my uh, background is following my dad uh going to these studios of these people and uh, watching him do cool stuff mm-hmm. so uh needless to say i got inspired by all that so well yeah. <laughs> and i mean let's just continue on the path then because your daughter ella mm-hmm. has followed in both of your footsteps as well in this yeah. video game audio music endeavor so uh, talk about yeah. a, lo- a little bit about her if you're willing I mean, even though she's yeah. not here i hope she wouldn't mind <laughs> no uh, ella is amazing um she has been into creating music since an early teenager you know we we always made sure that she had uh, piano or keyboard or some sort of tech- musical technology and encouraged her to be creative and and feel free with it. Like it doesn't have to be music. You know, she's mm-hmm. dabbled in a lot of different things and she's quite a good visual artist. And she's oh, wow. also uh, um, she's working on her own uh, video production at the moment. And she's very sort of multi-talented, mm-hmm. uh, multimedia, you know, kind of individual. Yeah. And um she ended up going to uni and uh, studying music production and uh, did very well there. And currently she's working at uh, Replica doing AI generated uh, voices and really interesting, really interesting stuff, you know. And so I was very busy on unpacking uh, and but at the same time i'm involved with forts and i'm was the guys needed me to write music for forts on their next dlc and i said i didn't have the time and so i got uh, i asked ella if she would do it and uh, gave me an opportunity to do a bit of mentoring with her oh, and cool. uh we uh well, she wrote all this awesome music for this game and uh and it's out and she's released a soundtrack and and um yeah and now she's writing music for this uh video production that she's doing where she's using minecraft to basically produce a a series um and and actually angie's involved with that too what's Uh, that thing oh it's it's a it's a cinematic series it's an origin story that ella's written Mm -hmm. and um we use replay mods to to create um, all the footage and oh, cool. um, it's it's quite this detailed thing. Uh, Ella, I think it started originally, I guess I did a lot of video production when Ella was a child. I was doing a lot of video stuff. Just it worked out better being a mum than having to go overseas and record dialogue for a game or, you know. Yeah. So I sort of for quite a few years I was doing a lot of video stuff. So she sort of grew up doing both music and video so mm-hmm. she has that real yeah. sense and she has that innate understanding of how those how visuals and sound sit together sure she just has that it's just in yeah. her i don't even yeah. know if you <laughs> can train that or right um, but yeah so I, I think after um after she wrote the soundtrack for 
Beauforts, which she sort of did straight at, it sort of crossed over with her finishing uni. So she had a lot of uni musical work to do as well. Yeah, she just decided that she wanted to create a vehicle for writing this soundtrack that she had in her head. Mm. Oh, um, cool. So she created this this series and um, it's too much work for one person. She she She's definitely the producer and the director and the composer and the everything, but I yeah. pick up and help her out with some of the nitty gritty. Yeah. Uh, that's just too, it's just too much work. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think uh, she launches that it's called Minecraft creators and it, and it launches on July 2nd, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So the trailer's yeah. hanging out there. I think already she yeah. put that out. Yeah. Maybe, nice. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And, and then in her, in her actual real job, <laughs> yeah. she gets paid yeah um she's also um doing sound design and music that company is uh trying to sort of move towards doing game development and mm. so they discovered they'd employed her to manage voice actors and um and the implementation process of voice actors uh, into their sort of ai software that creates a a character voice where you can type in anything and it wow. says it in that voice and in different emotional contexts. But then they discovered uh, that she, she that, you know, she was very, she doesn't like, to, she doesn't really tell, you know, she doesn't go to work and go, well, I released a soundtrack today. Yeah. <laughs> so but then as they discovered that, they were like, oh, you can write music for us. You can do this for us. You can do that for us. So nice. she's sort of, um, she's sort of, yeah, we're really proud. She's, oh, yeah, she's, sure. she's 21 and she's, Smashing it. Smashing it. She's, <laughs> nice. she's been contributing to games that we've done uh, as as a voice actor or doing uh, some sound design or ambient sound or she, mm. uh, some post-production stuff for us. She's been doing that actually since she was in her early teens, little mm. bits and bobs. Okay. Yeah. So um, And with unpacking. Yeah, she helped with some of yeah, the recording well, mm. for that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. She yeah. she started the whole the whole ball rolling with the foley for unpacking and mm. she's a very cool person and we love her very much yeah. <laughs> oh that's awesome we're, the, we're like those proud parents yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing project though for you to all have a a, a place in you know i mean mm. it's such mm. a beautiful game and um I've just I've just thoroughly enjoyed every aspect of it. It's just oh, been such awesome. a pleasure. And I know I'm not the only one. There just mm. this yeah. game touched a lot of people in a lot of ways, which is really yeah. really something. That's and awesome. I mean, and too, I mean, I know we've been chatting for a, a long time here now, um, but I, I really do think it is important to just, if we can, just briefly talk about how you did end up where you are, because, you know, you both have been in this industry for a long time, um, mm -hmm. you know, which, you know, after I think, you know, if somebody says, well, I got into the industry in the 90s, you're like, okay, you're a legend, like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so um, yeah, so just talk, talk about that, if you would. I so I to get into the industry well just before getting into the industry I was in a lot of pop bands uh in Vancouver okay. uh trying to make it as a pop star I had aspirations to be you know I don't know <laughs> what it was I wanted to be but you know I bleached my hair blonde and and you know it was the 80s what can I say <laughs> but uh None of that really went anywhere. I was living the life of a very typical, uh, starving, struggling musician. And mm -hmm. 
but I, you know, like I knew I had the ability to uh, create and produce music. And I was in, you know, and I was occasionally getting a gig where I'd produce a song for somebody or, you know, and I had those kind of skills of, of uh, using, running a studio, using synths, using drum machines, sequencers mm -hmm. and stuff. And then I uh, found out there was a job at uh, Electronic Arts Canada. Um, this is in 1992. And um, I'll, I'll skip past the the story of actually getting hired and all that, but I got hired there in, in, in 92. So the first game I worked on was, was NHL PC. What this was, was the PC port of the NHL hockey games that were on the Sega Genesis. And so my first job there was to do the sound effects on that game. Uh, and then the, the next thing I was asked to do was a game called Skitchen. Um, now, Skitchen was uh, a game where you you are wearing rollerblades and you grab onto the back of a car and and start going really fast at the back of a car and swing yourself off of one car and grab onto another one and fight and punch and whatever. And uh, they said they wanted the music to be like heavy grunge rock uh, kind of music. And and like to this point, I had never really written music like that. Huh. Uh, you know, I was always like electronic music guy, you know, hadn't worked on a lot of heavy music, um, but they the, they asked me to do this. And so I... Uh, one of the designers inundated me with like heavy grunge music of the time, you know, and so this was like Rage Against the Machine and and uh, and and bands like that, and I was really enjoying that music, and uh, and I I started writing stuff along those lines, and I realized I had all this sort of pent up heavy rock music inside of me that needed to get out, so I found my inner rock, you know. Nice, so that yeah. was actually a lot of fun to do. So yeah, that, you know, I, I started on that and did a bunch of EA sports games and evolved with the industry going from really early, you know, FM synth, you know, square wave generators, uh, like, you know, the, the old Sega Genesis machines and, and, uh, and really just limited hardware, the Super Nintendo, and then, and then came the CD-ROM and then, and then all of a sudden we could go back into the studio again and produce yep. normal music, you know? <laughs> it's funny, what we used to call, like, what we call chiptunes now is what we used to call video game music, you know? But right. now, it's, yeah. now it's become a genre called yes. chiptunes. Yep. Yeah, so I, I was, it was interesting entering the, the, the industry when I did in the early 90s and transitioning with it into... Yes the CD music and then yeah, how that improved things. It also, it also kind of, we lost some, something in that translation as well because we had less interactivity, which was interesting, mm -hmm. but that's getting better now with, with tools like wise and FMOD being able to, to do nice transitions and cuts and what have you. But yeah, so um, that, that sort of, yeah, that's how I got into it. And, and, and I know that, uh, Ange, uh, I met Ange at EA and, um, in Van and in Canada, in, in Vancouver, in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. And after she, the project project that she did, that event that you organized, you had some time and, and, uh, I said, well, Hey, you know, can you do this? Are you interested in this sort of thing? Actually, you know, I you think remember? actually that the bridge, the little bridge in between was I got a contract after I organized the big film video game combination event i got a job as a, an executive assistant to i can't even remember what her title was but to uh, to this lady who was in mm -hmm. charge of several departments at ea 
and I used to have to sit on it on all the meetings. And that's right. Yeah. And so it was all the audio teams, all the audio team, because back then you weren't split. Uh, mm. all, like audio tools. So all of the stuff, like a lot of technical nitty gritty. And I really didn't have that background at all. And she, I think, understood things to a certain point and then didn't. So she's sitting in these meetings, moderating them. I'm taking minutes. And so I would go around being the person I am. Um, I need to know and understand all of this. And I would go around and say, okay, we're <laughs> what did you mean in that meeting when you said this? What, what is that exactly? <laughs> and how did you do that? And um, and so I started to really get a sense of what these audio gods were doing <laughs> yeah, behind their closed doors. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's when I think as well, Jeff and I, um, you know, we were doing some music together. He knew, he already knew that like, yeah, I have what he likes to call good ears yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and sure. also I'm incredibly organized, you know, able to bring Sounds very like yes. complex things and sort of draw them in and sort of see the path forward with it. So, um, so yeah, when, when we were coming to do um, play by play and doing a lot of stitched speech dialogue, so um, script had to be written so that it made sense, obviously from a sports point of view, but that these were phrases that, the commentators would use and sure. feel comfortable and be natural to use, but that they also had to, there were certain events in the, in the actual game. So it all had to line up. Yep. And so sort of developing the script and then recording it and editing it. And, and um, I didn't actually implement that was at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the, so that's how I sort of how I got into that. And I did quite a few sports games, including once we moved to Australia and then when Ella came along, I, and during all this time, I would still sort of, whenever I get a chance to go into the studio and sing on a track of Jeff's, I'd be like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> um, yeah. and so then we moved to Australia and I was still doing that and had to go overseas, had to go to London to like record Richie Benno for cricket and that sort of thing. But when Ella came along, it was like, I, I can't just go overseas for a month. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a mom. So I sort of moved into a lot of video stuff, but I continued to work on all of Jeff's soundtracks and you'll you'll hear me <laughs> canoodling mm-hmm. on uh, almost, well, probably on most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, At some point. And, yeah. and I, I love that history. I love being able to look back on music that, because uh, Jeff composed a lot at home. Uh, okay. So music that, you know, even when we look at video uh, of, say, Ella when she's little and in the background you can hear Jeff working on, we'll be like, oh, what, what were you okay. working yeah. on? You could hear it leaking out <laughs> of the studio, you know. Oh, um, wow. And, yeah. um, it's like there's this nice serene, you know, watching a little kid play around with whatever. Battle music. Da- battle music yeah, battle playing music. in the background. <laughs> 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 um, uh, so no wonder Ella, the osmosis thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, she, she, she never had a chance, did she? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Doesn't um, sound like it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I really, really, I think when you're a creative person and when you're a musician, that is always inside you. And so you have had these amazing chances to work on Jeff's music, particularly, which I find incredibly inspiring. And then to, to bring, to bring something to it is an incredibly special request, you know? And um, so I've always taken that pretty seriously and we've, you know, we've created our own little internet controversies over the years 
with uh, some of the <laughs> some of the music yeah. we've done. People still, <laughs> some of the stuff so, from Rome. Yeah, we we have a song called uh, well, the intro called Divinitus, which she sings in. Well, it's written quasi Latin. It's yeah. It's literally it's just Latin words. It's Latin words, but spoken with an Aussie accent, which yeah. uh, <laughs> it seems to have annoyed half the entire Latin-speaking world. Half the world loves, half the which world is loves no one, song. right? Yeah. <laughs> half the world loves this song. It's just like oh. this is the best song ever, and then uh, the other half still, still to this day, we I think we just re put it up on YouTube through Jeff's channel because, you know, lots of other people have had our music. Of course, you know, floating yes. out there for years. And the argument has, like, this song is 25 years old and the argument has started again. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> just, people are still... Just how bad our, next our generation of the words is, you know, and, <laughs> and you get these people get these people going, oh, it should be spoken in another way, this is horrible, oh, you know, and then you get these other people that are saying, oh, but it's a beautiful song and her voice sounds awesome. So, you know, it's just a weird... <laughs> argument between the the historical accuracy and yeah yep historically informed performance the hip the hipsters (laughs) yep oh yeah Yeah, over the last, you know, however many years, I've sort of been back doing, um, I do everything from placing uh, audio triggers in, in animations and mm. uh, or whatever Jeff kind of needs yeah. needs me to do. I'm, I'm very trainable. Looking for work, no. That's sort of how my career arcs sort of had that, taking being a mother very seriously yes. as well, sort of tying those two things together. I mean, I I just again just have thoroughly enjoyed all of it, and uh, um, what a pleasure to talk to both of you! What a treat! Um, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and I mean, is there anything else you want to say? I, I mean, are, I assume you're working on things right now. You probably can't talk about, but if there's anything that you've got coming up that you want people to know about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's uh, uh, Witchbeam is working on another game, Witchbeam oh, Made good. Unpacking, and this game's called Tempopo, okay. and and uh, it's um, yeah. So there's music is uh, what can I say about it? Uh, everything happens uh, in time to the music, 
which is really nice. Okay, so, so rhythm game it, music. It, yeah. So it's sort of, but it's not really a rhythm game. Okay, it's just that it's it's just that, and when it is presented, everything is in time to the music, which is kind of okay. nice. So cool. Um, it's it's going to be a nice relaxing puzzle game, which is oh, nice. Cool. So okay. Um, and that I, I'm not sure when that's coming out, but um, we're actively working on it. So there's a, a cool new thing, and uh, I uh, I don't know when there when trailers and stuff will be going out, but I imagine that'll be happening soon. Cool. So busy working on that. I'm I'm dabbling with some uh, developing a game myself. Um, oh, cool! You know, wearing a wearing a bit more of a not a necessarily coding, but I'm doing stuff in Unreal in blueprints okay. and stuff like that. Having a go just because you know I've worked on a lot of games and I have a lot of game ideas, and it's just mm-hmm. not something that I've actually really explored before myself. Myself as a game designer, can I do that? I I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun finding out. So cool. working on that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, you know, I, there was a time where I was working on multiple projects simultaneously. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I've had enough of doing that uh, over the like, if you look at my release record over the last five years, it's been very consistent. Uh, okay. And yeah, I think I've, I think I'm done with doing that much <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm going to just do just one thing at a time and just, yeah, uh, yeah take, take it a little easier now. Yeah. <laughs> We did turn down a big offer recently, but it, it was a development cycle that was half a decade and both of us would have been full-time on it. And um, I think at the end of the day, at our age, we're like yeah. half a decade. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, <laughs> we sort of, uh, yeah, we just felt um, we've moved into this indie development space and that would have been heading back towards the, the triple A space. Sure, and yeah. I think, yeah, I think that it, this works better for us mm-hmm. at this stage. In our yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. Gentle, but, try and try, gentle. What's the, what's the phrase? Yes. Work, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a, a younger person told me that. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. Why are you? Yeah, what I are be they telling know? you that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, Jeff and Angela, thank you so much for all your time tonight. This has just been a a pleasure again and um, so grateful for the game and for uh, both of you and the opportunity to chat with you about it. Thanks thanks thanks. for chatting. It's really nice to talk to you. And and all your lovely comments and intelligent questions. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Jeff and Angela Van Dyke. You can see a playlist and you can support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. We would greatly appreciate any support you can toss our way. Check out the video of our chat with Jeff and Angela on the Level with Emily YouTube channel. And please do subscribe to YouTube to get all of our new videos of interviews. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com. Made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.